Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome back into another exciting Unrelated at birth, as always, you've got the one, the only, the golden voice of the South, the human jukebox, Dave Adams, coming to you live and in living color from the top of the state of Alabama. That's right, in Madison, Alabama, in the Unrelated at Birth podcast studios. And as always, I brought my friend along from the House of Mouse, the Southern Command of the Unrelated at Birth podcast studio, from St. Cloud, the phenomenal brother, Adam. Joseph Russell. Wow. I feel like I'm getting introduced. I watched one of the episodes of the last dance the other day, the first one where they were introducing them before they got their rings. I feel like I just got introduced, man. You used the whole thing, even the Southern command. I know. All right, here, let's see if I can do this. From North Carolina. Six, six. (laughs) Michael. How's that? <laughs> and so anybody who wants to get into podcasting, that is not just a great intro take on a basketball player. That's a great way to wake up your kids upstairs. Oh, I'm in a soundproof room, dude. Oh, okay. Sorry. My room is sound. Hey, thank, oh, you for, I, thank you for the wonderful intro regardless, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't even got a text message from Amanda. That's how you know she couldn't hear me. Wow. I know. I'm, I'm impressed. Consider oh, we used way. to hear the herd of turtles running around up there. And- I know. It's amazing. Terry says, Bama basketball. Thank you very much. Yes. We, we yeah, looking good. We're actually winning and continuing to win. Yes. I know. I know. We're failures. Yeah. Always. <laughs> throwback. Throw, throw now, th- there's a throwback. There's a reason we say that we're failures. Anyway, so we also have on another friend from Alabama, but he's not living in, uh, in Alabama anymore. He's living in the dumpster fire of Cleveland. All the way up north, BK. What's up, Ryan Key? What's going on, buddy? What's up? I'm a, I'm a friend. We're all friends here. That's that's great. That's we're awesome. all friends. We're all friends. <laughs> Carrie, all right. So Carrie says, "How many times in college did you guys want to punch Dave when he did that? Did what? Yeah, you're gonna have to be more specific because there were multiple things. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> mm-hmm. Look, okay. I, I can't have my two college best friends on here, and, and y'all just going off. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm okay with this. When did we not want to punch Dave? Is the real question. Yeah, that's the real question. When I sang, when I played Xbox, when I talked about my ex girlfriends, when. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk keep, about ex girlfriends, no, we can. Keep going. We no, we're not going to. Um, <laughs> For another show, I got it. Yeah, another show. Yeah, yeah another show, another show. Maybe, maybe not unrelated to birth. 
That's um, hmm, I'm going to drink my Blanton's and should be happy. A brand, a brand new podcast all about Dave. <laughs> Every week we are going oh. from Dave's past. <laughs> Carrie said the MJ intro. I don't know if I did that that much in college. I don't think I ever heard you do that before we did this podcast. I mean, I've heard him do it before when we were talking about, you know, the bull stuff. And But I don't think he did it unknowingly, or at least I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But your answer is suffice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm, so I'm, why are I'm, we here? Why, why are we here, why? dearly beloved? We're, we're dearly beloved. We are here. We are gathered here today for this thing called life. All right, all right, Prince moved a little south on that one. Yes, he did. <laughs> okay, so we are here to talk Mandalorian and WandaVision. Adam finally watched Mandalorian, even though it's about, what are we, middle of January? It, it's, it's called it's Savory. Mm. Kind of like, like I did with this bottle of Blanton's. How long did you have that bottle of Blanton's? Four months, five months. Okay, all right. I'll call, we'll call that for you. That savoring, yes. That's not like a bottle of wine. It's almost like Adam just called it not a bad, not too bad of a drunk. You know, really. <laughs> oh, four months. Yeah, that, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, Don't worry about it. Good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, Adam had one for two years, so <laughs> mm, that's savoring. Mm-hmm. And I drank a third of it <laughs> in one shot. <laughs> in one. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, Carrie wants me to tell everybody what what he finally got today. Carrie got the holy grail of a Hulk Hogan pop that he's been looking for for years. Really? Mm -hmm. All right, I gotta know how much. Yeah. How much is it worth, or how much did he comment down below? How much did he pay for it? Yeah, how much did he pay? Yeah. Let's let's all right, Carrie. Comment how much you paid for it if if you're okay. Ballpark. You don't have to tell us exactly. And then oh, comment to the penny. Yeah. It's not. No. 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 It's not worth it if it's not to the penny. I want to you know. know. We have to have after tax okay. because what we have to figure out now is: Did he get a good deal and jumped on it, or he was finally like, "I can't stand it anymore. I've got to have it." And then he, you know, I think it's a little bit. That's of that what matter. I got to know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of want to know the P. I haven't looked it up recently, but what's the PPG on that thing? The Pittsburgh Paints. What? Right. <laughs> The what? He said it was the last one to com- complete the collection. PPG. And that the 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 price points per game points per game, right? I don't know. <laughs> Adam's looking up something now. I'm looking up the PPG for it. Top price okay. guide. I know what you meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so we're here to talk Mandalorian and WandaVision, Paul, while Adam is looking all that up. Um which one do we want to start on, gentlemen? Do we want to save the best for last or do we want to talk about the crap that was WandaVision first? Wow. Uh, oh, that that's ooh. far from true, Dave. Mm. That's far from true. Mm. Wow. There you go. He said, Gary oh, overpaid slightly, the bu- but the box is eight, okay. eight out of five, 8.5 out of 10. Okay. So you're not going to answer the question. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I understand. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. All right. So what do we want to talk first, Mando or, or? Let's not bury the lead. Let's get to Mando. Okay. All right. So. Do we want to talk about our reactions of episode 10 first or, Wait, or so let, real quick? So how is it that you Google Hulk Hogan on pop price guide and the sixth thing that comes back is Willy Wonka. That is someone needs to look at their search capabilities on that. One. <laughs> anyway, 
Okay. So, Mandalorian, what was your question? So, do we want to start with the the main the big surprise, or do we do we want to go let's into build, let's build up to it? I don't okay. say it's a good idea. Okay, yeah, let's okay. build up to it. I, so, I'll, I'll say, can I give one overall impression of season two? Yeah, start at the fifty thousand foot view and then dive down from there. I enjoyed season one. Mandalorian, I think, is one of the best Star Wars product products to come out, in my opinion, since Rogue One. I'm a huge Rogue One fan. But mm. um, I think since the original movies, it's done more. So you could buy a five-day park hopper for what he paid for the Funko Pop. Okay. Duly noted. I'm going to go Google that next, but I'll make my <laughs> point first. So, <laughs> so um, what, one thing about season one that threw me off a little bit that I think season two at least had going for it was that it just seemed kind of random. Yeah. Like I picked up this kid and now all of a sudden I'm breaking this dude out of prison and doing this other thing. What's the adventure of the week, Mando, you know, and I'm okay with it. Cause it kind of harkens back to that Indiana Jones weekly serial kind of mentality, you know, of what's the latest thing going on. But this one at least had the journey to tie it together. And what I think season two did for Mandalorian is what Doctor Who gets right a lot of the times, especially with Chibnall writing, is they tie things together. Yep. When he's on the, the seafaring planet and he needs to pay the person to fix his ship, he slides over the the um, the Mon Calamari money that he got in the very first episode. When they need a sharpshooter to help out with this mission, they go back and get the guy from season one that was trapped in the prison ship. And everything came back and served a purpose in season two. So it didn't feel quite as random, you know, including, so. including the person we saw at the end of when they were first on Tatooine in the first season. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, instead of it, it's like kind of like Marvel. At first, it feels random, and then you see where they were going with it all along, and they kind of have the payoff on the back end. So, so my my view of, of Mandalorian, and, and if you think about it this way, is season one, it's like you're playing a video game. He leveled up every episode. Yeah. And then like season two, you could think, well, he's leveled up now. What do you do? Well, now you go out questing. So he quit. His first quest was find the child a jedi so that was his first quest and he met people along the way so mm-hmm. um and you're right about them tying everything in together you know especially like we were waiting for all the way up to the last episode to see okay who are they going to bring back from the previous episodes and go off and fight uh, moff gideon so yeah yep. they yeah really they really do do a good job john favreau and dave filoni they need to run star wars i forever said that- I sent you a picture. It was two little kids playing with Tinker Toys or or Connects or whatever it was. And they had this huge grin and and you could tell it was Christmas morning. And the caption said, Favreau and Filoni playing with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Favreau and Filoni are coming at it like Star Wars fans. They they are tying everything together and, and just making it perfect. Well, and they're doing what what they couldn't pull off with the third trilogy, which is have a consistent storyline that they actually see through and have a plan for what they want to pull off. And I think that's seeing that they can do that. I think the other thing that Mando shows me is that Star Wars is no longer, I'll say this, no longer a product best consumed in two and a half hour chunks, three movies at a time. 
it is a product that is better served by 30 to 45 minute seasons of episodes because when you try to tell the entire Skywalker saga and how it plays out post Return of the Jedi in nine hours of screen time, you got to cram it all in and you end right. up having Snoke get chopped in half. And well, what the heck was Emperor doing here? And why did Ray do that? And none of that made sense. And you glossed over this, but you can take your time with a show like Mando and actually draw some things out across multiple episodes. I, I would be, honestly be fine if they stayed away from the <clears> movies for maybe five years and let this kind of play out. I you know? think that I think the uh, what's going on in the Internet is that they are going to make more Star Wars movies but they're not going to be doing it at least until a couple more years. So that would yeah. pretty much, you know, what you're saying, your timeline, you said, and to sure. think about with, you know, the sequels, I really love the first one, the force awakens, because they created some really interesting characters, especially with Ray and Finn. So can you imagine like they, they tanked Finn's character. I think we, most most people admit that, like Finn's character, so much promise, and they tanked him. So could you imagine if they took Finn's character and just did, like, the episodes? It would have been great. It would have been great to see, like, yeah. his progression. You could explain everything. You could have Ray in the background for his stuff, and nobody looks at Ray. They want to be focused on Finn. But you couldn't do sure. that in the two and a half hours of movies. Well, and if you want to – and sorry, Dave, I'll let you talk here in a minute. No, it's fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm loving this. If you want to make a Poe Dameron series where you show him learn the importance of trusting your leaders over the course mm -hmm. of several episodes, I'm cool with mm -hmm. that. But in the middle of, of the running from the First Order, that's not mm -hmm. the time to spend a whole movie teaching Poe Dameron one single life lesson about leadership. Yeah. It's not really Guys, the place for it, you know? I just, so I'm, I'm, I'm over here listening to y'all, but I'm also watching the comments. Yeah. And my jaw. Like a good host. Hit, good job. Yeah. My jaw just hit the floor. <laughs> Uh -oh. When Vance, so Vance Cope says Favreau should be in charge of all Lucas films that only run Star Wars part. Cool. But mm -hmm. then Vance just made the comment of all comments a Favreau Indiana Jones universe. Well, think about the episode oh. five, the tragedy. Yeah. They shoot that mortar shell up and she kicks that stone over and it rolled down the hill and they were running from it, similar to Indiana Jones. Could it be a little tease? I know it's an Easter egg. It's just a funny little Lucasfilm yeah. moment. But, you know, um, that got yeah. me thinking when that happened, you know? Yeah. So so let's just, let's dive in. So when we first see, and we're going to talk spoilers, but it, like I've said, it's been a month. If you haven't seen it yet, sorry. So when Mando first goes to the city. If you're watching city, it after me, too bad. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So when Mando goes to the city and they walk into the bar and you see the, Boba Fett armor. What was your first thought? It's not Boba Fett. He's too skinny. That's what I thought. Oh, you thought that. Okay. So I, I took the bait. I took the bait. I thought it was Mando. Or I thought it was Boba. Boba. And, and then the whole time I thought, okay, well, that was the tease. We're not going to get Boba Fett. And then the end of the episode, they pan up to this guy. And Adam's immediate thing was, this Boba Fett. I texted you right after I watched the episode because you and I are watching it real time, Brian. And and we, you know, I didn't want to think it was Boba because I thought, okay, this is too easy. Could it be Captain Rex? Could it be mm. we knew we were getting Ahsoka? So could it be somebody from the Clone War series? I, I yeah. was maybe reading it in reading into it too much because yeah. we've already seen the tease of Boba Fett from the first season. Yeah. Well, so, I knew I I knew 
when which episode was it? The one with the armor, actually. When yeah, the crate the dragon, one. the cave that the crate dragon was living in, was the old an old Sarlacc pit. So obviously, oh, Sarlaccs yeah. are are vulnerable, and crate dragons live on Tatooine. So I think that was the connection where a crate dragon probably attacked the the Sarlacc, and then he escaped in the madness somehow. Because <laughs> it, it did say you'll be slowly digested over a thousand years, so it doesn't kill you instantly. Right. You know, so I think once we get to the book of Boba Fett, when that starts coming out in December, I think that's going to end up being maybe do, how that one starts. Do we get well, flashbacks of how he escaped the Sarlacc pit? I think you have to explain it. I think you I, have to. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that right off the bat. I think they've got to establish why the book of Boba Fett is. Uh, sure. Is it yeah. going to be him, you know, trying to. I don't know, rule as Jabba did in Tatooine or what is he, we don't know what he's going to do with like spoiler alert. You know, he takes over Jabba's palace at the, you know, the last episode. But um, the one thing oh. that, you know, you talk about the crate dragon, I don't know if it was a um, non-canon story, but they did. Uh, there was a tie in whenever the crate dragon appeared that there was a story saying that the crate dragon is the one who killed the Sarlacc in return of the Jedi. So that would make sense that they would, you know, they've been taking stuff from all the stuff that Disney not considered canon anymore, yeah. and they're making it canon. So definitely with the Great Dragon being a Sarlacc pick, you could say, well, that's probably where Luke fought Jabba and Boba ended up, you know, nosediving in. So, Well, yeah. and that's also, we can think about it this way, too, is we saw how they defeated the Great Dragon. Mm -hmm. He went in him. Use that boost, the, the jet pack to get out the exact same way that Boba supposedly uh, got out of, of the Sarlacc pit. So doing that, I think they kind of made that Easter egg of, hey, it's possible. This is what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's yeah. kind of interesting like to think about Boba like, OK, from the uh, Return of the Jedi to Mando, it's been five years. So. What has he been doing for five years? Has he been like recovering? And if you think if he wanted his armor back, why did it take him five years? So hopefully they answered that in the book of Boba Fett, figuring out yeah. what took you so long to get that armor. So yeah, it could be some of the flashbacks of when he got out, not how he got out, but when he got out. Well, and, and how did he lose it in the first place? He went into right. the Sarlacc wearing the armor. So what happened to it? And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, That's a good question. What's interesting enough, I don't think Boba's armor is full Beskar as the Mandalorian or Din Jaren's is full Beskar. I think his helmet is, but I don't think the rest of it is. It's, you know, that, that could be something they can answer in the book of Boba Fett too, because, yeah. you know, he's not really a Mandalorian, but he just has Mandalorian armor. Yeah. Oh, we're going full nerd now. We are. I love it. Yeah. I texted you and, and said it's Boba Fett. Cause it was funny because somewhere in the recesses of my brain and parts that I haven't touched and used in a while, it was like, okay, Django was the one they used the DNA from. And so he looked like the guy who played the clone trooper and you know, you piece it all together and, and, and went yeah. from there. But even Aiden, Aiden saw him. He's like, who's that dude? And he saw slave one and Aiden doesn't really know about slave one. But as soon as he came out with that armor on, he was like, is that really Boba Fett? I'm like, yeah, dude. Whoa. You know, Aiden's a mild star Wars fan. So even right. he recognized, you know, he's getting into it more and more and more, but even he recognized the significance of bringing back somebody like Boba Fett, which was really the most underserved character. I think in the, the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I didn't really want it to be Boba because like Dave and I had the text, like, could it be uh, Rex? Could it be somebody from the Bad Batch, which is a, which an animated series that's coming out mm -hmm. here in a couple of years? And I'm like, do they really want to bring back Boba? Because 
in reality, if you really look at Boba in the Mandalorian season two, he only served one purpose, and that was Slave One. You know, it's really he was just their taxi person. He didn't really do much of anything in the later episodes. Whenever he was, it was revealed that it's actually his Boba. He didn't do anything other than pilot the ship. That's all he really did. And then he, you know, eighty six did from the uh, when they fought at the last episode, and now we have this, you know, series coming up. So they really didn't. They just this was just an introduction of hey, Boba's back now. Book of Boba Fett. They're going to actually tell a story of him, and hopefully they do him yeah. justice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, the other thing too we have to think about, and I don't think we have to get into it too much, is Boba Fett was his only mode of transportation because Mando's ship is gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. Razor Crest so is gone. The Razor yeah. Crest is gone, destroyed. Yeah, there's and, a lot of Lego people upset right now that they spent yeah. money on the Razor Crest Lego set. <laughs> so now that Boba Fett's on his own with the Book of Boba Fett. What is Mando going to fly? Well, season three's uh, what's he going to fly is a great question. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, season, I think, to go, go ahead. I'll, I'll get into what I was going to say in a minute. Do you well, have any no, thoughts? No, yeah. Well, I mean, he's in that Imperial cruiser at the end of episode, the last episode, episode eight. So you could think, in a sense, that they're going to like the whole crew there. You know, definitely. Um, uh, I'm blanking her name. Bo-Katan is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, maybe all the people that are on this ship, I think they're going to be flying in that ship, going somewhere. But what he's going to be flying, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Well, they've got to settle the whole Darksaber Throne of Mandalore thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Jump in the ship. You're jumping okay. ahead of the game. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, he was talking about episode eight. My bad. I didn't realize I wasn't able to talk about the episode BK was already talking about. Well, I mean, that was the last thing that they were on, so you would think that they would be flying around in that thing. You know? Pants yeah. coat. Mando will fly the Falcon and ruin the show. <laughs> that that would be if it's not Favreau. If it wasn't Favreau doing this, they would find some way to like tie in a brand new thing that they sell as a toy, but it's not really a great toy. So you're saying that's how the Falcon ended up on, uh, what was this, whatever the planet was in episode two. Yeah, so that's how, yeah, Mando left it there for whatever. That's if Ryan Johnson was in control of it. Right, exactly. I do have to say, though, one thing that I think Mando's done before we move on to later episodes, I'll go back in time. And one thing that I think that this actually did is because now you have a direct tie into Jango Fett. You have a direct tie into the whole midichlorian count. So you have episode one and two kind of covered in there. It actually, you know, episodes one, two, and three are kind of like the the redheaded stepchild of star Wars movies in a way they're not really great. They're not appreciated, but now they're best friends and tied into Mando. And so it kind of increases their cool factor a little bit because you're like, now you can tell your kids, Hey, that thing on Mando, remember that that's the guy that's Django Fett. So it actually gets you through episode two with something to look forward to (laughs) that you can actually connect, you know? Well, well, for that, I would go back and tell everybody to watch. It's one of the star Wars galaxy, uh, gallery episodes on the Mandalorian season one and Dave Filoni basically breaks down the genius that George had for the trilogy for the uh, prequels yeah. and how, if you think about it this way and how George wanted, cause he was, you know, him and George are buddies. So they always talk stuff like that. So Dave gets star Wars because of George and him explaining kind of redeeming at least the overall arc of the, of the trilogy of the prequels trilogy 
you know, I would recommend people just listen to that and you have a different um, respect of that oh. trilogy. But still, I mean, there's, you know, Clone Wars, I mean, Attack of the Clones is, you know, the worst one, let's, in my opinion. Let's also come back and say, no one ever needs to, to question my love of the prequels. We all know I'm a big Hayden Christensen stan. And I, I, I think that, you know, he gets the biggest bum rap of everything. Hayden Christensen actually played the part perfectly. It wasn't written well for him. Mm. He was, it, go back and watch the director's cut. He no. was, he played the part that he was written, given, and he played, he, he played to the director's notes perfectly. Yes, he took a very flat story and flat dialogue and played it very flatly. You're right. Yes. <laughs> Which is what he was paid to do. He matched. If that was the aim, he executed 100%. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> Fine. Okay. Carrie, I need thoughts on the Ice Spider episode. What did that get us to if we're bringing everything all together? I feel I missed it. I agree, Carrie, because I told you, uh, Adam, I told you that second episode was the worst episode of The Mandalorian I've ever seen because I was shuddered the entire time. <laughs> you just hate spiders. But, but here's the thing. That spider is actually a Ralph McQuarrie drawing of the early Star Wars. So they, so Favreau and Filoni took that drawing from him and made it into an actual something in Star Wars. So if you think about it that way, it's, a, it's, it's cool that they did that. But yeah, the, that episode... I mean, I hate spiders anyway, so I didn't like it that much anyway. So, yeah. But I, I will say this, and, and Carrie, the, going back and looking at the overall story in the light that Adam talked about, where it's not just you know a story here, a story here, a story there. It's an overarching episode. That episode gave us three things, really. One, it introduced the X-Wings back in the Star Wars universe. When you see those X-Wings going into the planet, you're like, oh my gosh, it's an X-Wing. Mm-hmm. But then it also introduced Frog Lady and her eggs. Yes. Without Frog Lady and her eggs, we don't get Bo-Katan because they, they can't get us. If, if they don't have Frog Lady, they're not going to that planet. They don't run into Bo-Katan. They don't run into Sasha Banks. And, and we don't get Bo-Katan's help in episode eight. <laughs> Go ahead, Big but, and, and one thing, if I think I'm correctly, the beginning of that episode was such a dad moment for Mando because isn't that the episode where he's trying to tell the child, hey, put that red wire over there. No, the red one right there. It's, it's a yeah. total dad moment. I laughed at that first part. Oh, yeah. like, yep, Mando being a dad right there. Well, the yeah, thing the I think it wasn't just – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. I said the spiders was a turnoff. I, I could have done without that. Yeah, but, but I, I think the X-wing. The thing about the X-wings wasn't just the hardware; it was the idea that the New Republic, in some places in the galaxy, is in charge, and is patrolling and trying to figure out what's going on, and almost like the police now. So I think it established too that the Empire now is in these other bases in all of these different planets, doing this secret stuff now in the background, while the New Republic is in the forefront of actually keeping kind of law and order in a sense, you know, because yeah. that's what that same guy was the one that ended up giving the Marshall's badge to, um, to um, Kara. Cara. Mm -hmm. Cara yeah. So, I mean, they, that connected that one a little bit too. So, yeah. All right. So let's, let's jump forward a little bit. Uh, let's go to episode five, Ahsoka. Um, I'm just going to say it. Rosario Dawson, the best choice to play Ahsoka. 
yeah, yeah, she was she was the fan yeah. fan favorite. They actually there was a campaign where some you know graphic artist drew her as Ahsoka and put it out there in the interwebs, and everybody just got you know it got traction and Filoni and uh, you know Favreau noticed. So that's one of the reasons how she actually say that's how she got the job was the fans doing that and really pushing for her to be Ahsoka. Which is really what killed Last Jedi is they went in complete and opposite direction than most of the fans wanted them to, and that kind of killed the. I mean, I mean, that killed the third trilogy. That nothing was being done the way anyone thought it would it should. So I think that's neat that they're doing that and giving them a voice. But for me, I've got to know more about what she's doing. I know she's looking for Thrawn, but I got to know more about why a. And I know she's broken away from the Jedi, but just what is going on there? Yeah, like I feel um, like that's a spinoff. I feel like it's another introduction. And well, I know that is Rebels, right? and all of that, you know. No, this is after Rebels. After Rebels, Rebels happened um, before Episode Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons that a lot of people are thinking she's out there looking for Thrawn, because Thrawn has Ezra, which was a character in uh, mm. Rebels. So that's okay. That's, they're not really, obviously she's looking for Thrawn because you said it. Where's your boss? Where's Admiral Thrawn? But we don't know why she wants Thrawn. What has he got? What has he been doing? You know, so we'll, obviously we'll probably find that out. I don't care. Give me a whole Thrawn show and I'll watch it, man. He's oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. So pardon my stupidity and, and all the Star Wars gatekeepers are going to, to kill me on this. I've read the first Thrawn book and it was boring. It's not one of my favorite Star Wars books. Doesn't Thrawn become good at the end? I haven't read the books, but a lot of the or one of the Star Wars podcasts that I listen to, they really love those books, and they say he's more of an anti-hero. So think of um, um, Stone Cold. Stone Cold, yeah. If you want to go the wrestling route, I was trying to think of a, like a movie um, anti-hero, where like they're good but they do bad things. So that's what what they got with Thrawn is that he's that character. So did he turn good? I don't know. I haven't read the books, but you know that's okay. that's what they're hoping for—that he's going to be the anti-hero of Star Wars. Okay. Ah, oh, Carrie says Venom. Think Venom. Venom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Venom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. And the rumor I've heard, and, and I don't know how Disney Plus is going to pull this off, but Benedict Cumberbatch to play Thrawn. Um, I've heard. I've not heard him, but he would be good. But who they want is um the guy who voiced Thrawn in Rebels. He is, I can't think of his name, but his brother. Does is, he look like Thrawn? That's the question. I think yeah, Benedict he, he can. Like he, can. He, he can. Like, if you look up a picture, I can't remember his name, and I'm blanking Lars, on who. Lars Mickelson is his yes. name. And Lars Mickelson, who is, his brother, Mads, played, uh, is in uh, Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and he also played, um, uh, Jen uh, in Rogue One, the dad of uh, oh, Jen Erso. Yeah. That was that's his brother. So they they, they look similar. So if you can picture him in your head and just turn it blue, that's who his brother would look like. Hmm. I always, whenever I think Thrawn, I don't know why. I think the guy that played the played um, Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. Mm. I can say that. that the villain in the Patriot, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's a little yeah. old though, right now. He's actually in the new Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek series on uh, CBS All Access, which they've been showing on the regular CBS shows. He's actually the captain of that 
Starship and the Star Trek TV series right now. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. So I, this is also where we find out that Baby Yoda has a name, Grogu. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I think we've all heard my, have I told y'all my story, the story of, of Harper? So I got, I got both of my girls, the, the Baby Yoda Grogu uh, plush for Christmas. And it was hanging in their stocking when, when they came out of their room to, uh, to see Christmas what Santa brought them. Uh, but Harper said, Daddy, it's Gwogu. I said, yeah. She said, what's Gwogu's last name? <laughs> baby Yoda. Oh, <laughs> Gwogu Baby Yoda. Gwogu Baby Yoda. <laughs> so That's great. He refuses to say just Grogu now. It's Grogu Baby Yoda. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we, we learned that his new quest is to go to some island or some planet where she's, he sits on top of a, a pillar and he meditates. Uh, cool. Well, reaching out to, to, to the force to yes. call the Jedi. Yes. Basically, it's, you know, the uh, 1-800-collect. Broken phone home, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but real quick, I want to talk about the Beskar steel spear here. Mm-hmm. There are tons of theories I've seen about that Beskar st- uh, spear. The one that I, I subscribe to now, go back and watch the, the sequel trilogy. As Phasma is being killed, she is holding a spear that is looks like the Baskar spear. Okay. So do we who gets the Baskar steel spear? What happens to it after Mando? I think that's going to be the new thing we need to start looking at. Um, and that's going to be the new what happens thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so Vance and Carrie both say it's Quicksilver, not Baskar. Yeah, I, I can could, I could see that too because I don't think it's the same spear. I think because everybody looks at something like, oh, well, she must have killed Mando. Why do people with these theories think that that person got killed? You know, but yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's actually the best car uh, spear. I mean, it kind of looks similar. Yeah, it's shiny and all that. But you know, I think it's just probably a spear she had that's like made out of her armor. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll see. I, I want to I know where that spear goes because now we have all these things that have been shoehorned into Star Wars canon, and what happens to them, and why aren't they shown in the trilogy? I, that's just yeah. the way I think. Well, it could connect too to something Thrawn had done. Thrawn may have had a run in and gave her that because that's a, her boss, right? So may learn about it in that series. Well, have you have you read the Phasma book? I have. Mm-hmm. Did they? I haven't. I haven't. So they mentioned she mentioned Thrawn in that book. I don't think no. so. I don't. It's been a while since I've read it, but I mean, no. Yeah. It's mostly about just her uh, getting off her island and becoming mm-hmm. who she is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Vance Cope, Dave wants an answer to everything. Just wait. Yes. Vance, you have no idea, buddy. Just <laughs> you wait, Dave. Come on. I don't wait very well. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, let, we're moving on. Let's just move on to the episode. I guess the very next episode is episode six, where, you know, Seven. Grogu does six. Seven. Five was Ahsoka. <laughs> six. Is where he calls one eight hundred call a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we just talked that one. 
Well, no, we haven't. That's when we find out it was Boba Fett. Yeah, we right. talked that whole thing. Okay. I want to well, know, how much did your Star Wars geekdom geek out when you saw Slave 1? Oh, I mean, it's instantly recognizable. I mean, I, I think, though, I appreciate it. And, and it's like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm going to talk about this again later with another reveal. I think that that they could have hung on to the who is that a little bit longer. Because once you saw the ship, you know. I which mean, it's kind of a good Which geek out moment was better, episode six or episode eight? Eight was better. Eight was better, yeah. But with six, though, you also was introduced to the Dark Troopers, which ties yes. into the video games, um, you know, uh, Jedi Academy and all of those, which I thought was very cool. But it was interesting how, you know, Grogu, he's been meditating on that rock and then he passes out and he and the Dark Troopers really just kidnap him. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool, there's the Dark Troopers. You know, Mando's going to get his butt kicked. No, they just... Went down, swooped, and came back up. So I was like, oh, that's it. That's all we get to see. But, you know, I, yeah. I thought that was really cool when they finally introduced the uh, the Dark Troopers. So, Which had a very, um, you think about some of the concept art for Darth Vader, the way that their mask was designed looked a lot like those early drawings of that, too. I thought they looked pretty mm-hmm. cool. So. Yeah. By the way, for those that are, are keeping score, Bama's up by 40 on a top 30 LSU team. Awesome. I'm, they are the dark troopers and LSU is Mando. <laughs> exactly. Um, that didn't end well for the dark troopers. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're, we're running close. So we've, we've got to, we've got to fast forward. This is just an overview. Thing we're not going to have any time for WandaVision. And I want to talk about that. Yeah. That's why, we, that's why we, it is crap. So hey, that's why we. Can, can I mention what? one thing though, about the next episode, the Please. next episode where uh, Mando, like it starts out with, they're going to go and, you know, whatever they have to do in that uh, base, the Empire base, but they they teased it to where, like, he's going to have to take off his best guard and put on this Imperial armor, and we kind of see in the fight how crappy that armor is, but you saw how dedicated he was to save Grogu when he took his helmet off, exposed every, exposed his face, which is against his uh, Mandalorian beliefs, to save Grogu, and you know, risk you know, basically you know, throwing away his beliefs for that kid. You saw how dedicated he was to sure. Grogu to do that, and how much it hurt him to do that. But he had to save Grogu no matter the cost. So I thought that episode was really good for that. And then uh, Bill Burr with his Boston accent was great, and then calling Mando Brown Eyes, which was really funny. So, <laughs> so was it after episode seven or episode six where? Done where he was able to hollow uh, hollow into a Moff Gideon's ship and basically say, "You've got my kid. I'm coming for you, mother." That uh, was that was, was it? I thought so. Uh, maybe it was because they they one of the things they were going to there in episode seven was to find the coordinates to Moff Gideon's uh, Imperial cruiser. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. probably was. It was yeah. seven. Okay, but to me, that was the moment I knew that episode eight was going to be the best episode of Star Wars TV I've ever seen. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Vance Cope says the Empire needs better PC security if any random face can access the system. True. Yeah, he's got a point there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally. funny. They say, they say with the way technology is today, we've got screens on everything. Some of those screens look a little old. And it feels like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. You know, so maybe they do need to upgrade. Yeah. Did that on purpose. 
Um, yeah. The other thing I, I want to talk about before we get in there, there's two things. We find out one in episode six, I think it was. Was it six? That might have been even episode four. Why they're going after Grogu. It's because they want his blood. It's four. Okay. Yeah. They want his blood to clone force users. I think this is where we see that they're made they're setting that foundation for Snoke. So and and I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're you think they're trying to clone Palpatine, right? Well, I think I think they're both related. I mean, you when you go down in Rise of Skywalker and they're at that that destroyed Death Star location where they finally confront the Emperor, he walk you walk past a basically a big container of Snoke's that are all floating in there. I think that Snoke was the test to see if they could do it. And once they perfected it, they moved on to Palpatine. And what keyed me into that was when they actually said the term, you'll be rewarded well in the new era. Like it was obvious that there was a next chapter of the empire they were trying to create. And the only way you do that is with Palpatine. Yeah. So. And, the, and the doctor is actually from Camino, which was the clone planet. He was, oh. he, he has the, if you look at the pen that he has, it's from Camino in episode two. So he's a cloner. So it, it kind of ties it all in that they're trying to clone something to where they have the force. So yeah. you think, you know, it's for the emperor. Yeah. And that's, so that that's also what I brings, no, Go ahead, Dave. That also brings the question, do they know that Palpatine isn't dead? I think they, I mean, honestly, if you're trying to keep it under wraps that Palpatine is alive, you would probably not tell them the reason that they're doing it. They're so loyal. I mean, we saw in episode seven how loyal the Empire, some of the Empire people are. So these people they're doing are so loyal to the Empire. They don't even care what they're doing. They just, they have tasks, they do it. They don't care. So they probably don't. You know, I would even be surprised if Moff Gideon knows that um, the Emperor is still alive and he was basically the one running that whole operation. Yeah, I think you could you could at the same time argue that Gideon does know and no one, none of his subordinates know. And that's why he's going after it the way he is. True. Is because you know, basically that recorded message that you never hear, which I wish you would have, but at the beginning of Rise of Skywalker, you never hear it. All of that was planned and recorded and, and was in place. And you wonder if that stored consciousness that they had wasn't already telling Gideon what to do behind the scenes. But one thing that I think it's fascinating is that Anakin with a high M count became Darth Vader. And now Grogu with a high M count was the donor that gave life to the program that brought back, brought back Palpatine. So star Wars has kind of set up this parallel where the little innocent children type characters that have come out of it ended up giving rise to some of the worst villains (laughs) in the end. It's a parallel to Anakin, you know, but so now we've got to get into the actual episode. Yeah. The episode, the episode. Yeah. I, let's just do it. When, when we see the X wing fly onto the ship at that moment, did you know it was Luke? The X wing didn't give it away for me because they had already introduced X wings. Right. Right. But what gave it away for me was it it could have in theory been Ahsoka at that point. And you had she had also lost her lightsaber in that battle. It went in the water. Maybe she couldn't get it back. <laughs> so when you see a cloaked person with one lightsaber, it could in theory be Ahsoka coming back yeah. and all of that. But as soon as they cut to the gloved hand and the green lights, it's like, oh, it couldn't possibly be anybody else. So <laughs> I, 
I will go into my BK's text conversation after episode seven. <laughs> I had I had told you, Brian, it was two. It was going to be two Jedi's, Luke or Mace, and, and I was hoping it was Mace, just because I I think we'll see Mace later. I think it's probably going to be the Book of Mandalore, because I I I or I know that. Uh, Oh, Book of Boba Fett, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I know that Boba Fett wants Mace dead because he killed Django. Mm. Um, but as soon as I saw the X-Wing, I knew it wasn't Mace because that's not what Mace flies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- and as soon as I saw that X-Wing, I was like, okay, it's Luke. But yeah. I, I, And then Brian, I think you said it could have been Ezra. No, I was thinking it could be uh, Kyle Katarn from the video game uh, Dark Forces. But it, here's the thing. When I saw it, I'm like, there's just one X-Wing. And even Cara Dune comments like, just one X-Wing? I'm like, I don't think this is Kyle Katarn. I don't think they introduced it because who would who would just fly up into one X-Wing? You know, yeah. they have like, you know, other, especially, you know, that big cruiser thing. Um, and they did a really good job where they didn't really focus too much on the X-Wing. And then you see in black and white as they're looking at the monitors, this, you know, cloaked figure. And, you know, I knew it wasn't Ahsoka because she already said that she couldn't train Grogu because of the sure. attachment she didn't want to. But I was thinking, okay, well, like, who else could it be if it's not Luke or hopefully it's, you know, they introduce a new character. But, yeah, when I, when I saw... I didn't, not really the gloved hand, but when I saw the hilt of his lightsaber, I immediately yeah. recognized, okay, that's got to be Luke. And then, of course, they go into the color shot, and it's green. It's like, okay, it's Luke. It's it's yeah. total Luke. Yeah. So let's let's also talk about, and I don't know if you've you've thought about this, Adam, because you just digested it. The imagery, the exact same movement that Luke used in that scene. That was in the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One. Oh yeah, no, it was the Rogue One hallway. Same, yeah, and the then, fog and everything. Yeah, and then he also did the the behind the back thing that Anakin did in uh, was that uh, oh what movie was that? Which one was it? Well, it has to be two or three. Yeah. It was three, I think. It was before he turned yeah. bad in three. Yeah. So, but it, it's the exact same movie. He's finally using both sides of the force that we truly haven't seen. Sure. Luke, you. Is he? I mean, he's definitely grown as a Jedi. He's obviously oh, he was using. He was using some of the dark side, but was using but it in, in. He could, he could channel it without letting it take him over at this point. You know, he'd learned more than he had learned in the emperor's throne room about, you know, I'll never join you, you know, that kind of thing. And then now all of a sudden he's, he's able to do that. But I mean, it was literally, you're right. I mean, when you see that, it's like, wow, Luke's pulling off his, his dad's stuff now, <laughs> you know, yeah. well, well, this is also grown up too. Yeah. This yeah. is truly the first time I'm going to argue the first time we've ever seen Jedi Knight, Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. On, on any screen. Sure. And, and to see it, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I nerded out. I jumped up out of my seat. Mm-hmm. Carrie can attest. I was watching it. Carrie was watching it with me. And I, no words. 
So when I was actually sitting on my couch, when I saw that one X-Wing fly by, I immediately got up and I'm, I'm at my TV like this. Oh my God, who is this? Please don't be Luke. I don't want to be Luke, but I kind of wanted to be Luke, that kind of thing. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was standing and then when I saw, like I said, I saw the hill, I'm like, oh my God, it's Luke. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. When, when it went to that green lightsaber, I went, oh! <gasps> yeah. 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 Um, the other thing, and, and I want to ask you, and I want you to be honest. Did you shed a tear? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Not Blair even. did at the end. Blair did at the end though. Mm-hmm. Okay. That definitely well, at the he end. Cried like a baby. Mm-hmm. Watch well, how Titanic wrapped into the death scene of Philip and Hamilton. I mean, she was over there like. <laughs> Blair probably cried <laughs> for a different reason I did. Oh sure, yeah. Blair was the whole like, oh baby Grogu, he's so cute, and there he goes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but you were like, oh, my gosh, I love my life, and then I love Star Wars. What no, a time no. to be alive. No, I, I, can tell you, I can tell you why I cried. It's probably the same reason Dave did, because here's the thing. You think about it this way. Um, I'm an 80s kid, born in 78. I remember most of the 80s for the good reasons, not because I was on drugs or anything. But <laughs> Star Wars was a big part for me as a kid. So to see Luke come back like that as an adult, as an adult, myself as an adult, it took me back to the time when I was sitting in my house in Jasper watching a VHS recorded off of Channel 13 and from Birmingham, watching Empire Strikes Back and seeing Luke, you know, it brought me immediately back to my childhood. And it's just yeah. like that whole feeling you get when you see movies as a kid. That's how I felt when I saw when Luke you know, cut through all those dark troopers and when he was revealed after they, uh, you know, let him in, that kind of thing, and he flipped down his cloak. It was it. I mean, it's like immediately brought me back to my childhood. That that was the big part. But what really set me over the edge was when R2-D2 rolled in. That too. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's, I'm complete. It's complete now. And and then, (laughs) so... And then Grogu walks up and touches R two D two, and he beeps and looks at Luke, and he's thinking, "Not this again." <laughs> now yeah, I was I, thinking, go ahead. I was thinking when Luke, when R two D two started to beep, it's almost like he was comforting Grogu, yeah. because R two D two could probably sense that you know this little guy doesn't want to leave his dad, so I'm just going to hop around and make it all hunky dory for him and make you feel, hey, it's okay, you're going to you're gonna be okay, that kind of thing. And then for some reason, I don't know why I thought this, I was expecting R2-D2 to like extract an arm and pick up Grogu and put him inside just to protect him. I don't know if I wanted to make sure Grogu was going to be protected or something, but I, yeah. when he yeah. was hopping around, that's what I thought, that he was just making Grogu feel like, hey, it's okay, bud, we're going to be cool, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think for me, I didn't shed a tear, but it, it, it did mean a lot as a Star Wars fan because we've been through a lot since high school with the prequel trilogy and solo and several things that just didn't really pan out. And for this to go total complete story arc in two seasons where you're, you just feel satisfied. That, yeah. that I think is, is what I enjoyed most, you know, except for the fact that what I needed at the end is I needed Mando to pull out the ball. Yeah. And as, as Luke was walking away, I needed him to mm. pull it to himself. I needed that really badly, mm-hmm. and they didn't give it to me. 
Well, yeah. the, th the thing with the ball, I think the reason they didn't do that, because you're probably going to see it in season three, where you're yeah, going to see yeah. Mando sitting around, he's going to take out that ball, and that's going to be like, oh, he's thinking about Grogu when he looks at that. So I think that's why yeah. he kept, or they, they made sure he kept that ball, uh, the little ball from uh, from the Razor Crest. Sure. Yeah. Man, uh, just the so, best Star Wars ever. I have to ask not to put a film over this, but the CGI of Luke on a scale of one to 10. Six, seven. I, was, I say seven. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the same thing. So the last movie for Leia and Leia and Tarkin. I mean, it was yeah. the same mm -hmm. one because his face looked totally like him, but the, the mouth was off with the words and stuff. It just didn't yeah. really go all the way. Yeah. But I think the problem with it was they had so many practical effects for so long. I almost feel like it, it's almost like um, like um, Clark Kent's mustache or um, whatever Henry Cavill's mustache in Justice mm -hmm. League. You yeah. can't take your eyes off of it, you know. And it's almost like you couldn't take your. Eye I would have almost rather they just go ahead and get the guy who played Bucky Barnes to come in and be Luke and start mm -hmm. it now and just go ahead and rip right. the bandaid yeah. off and say this is Luke going forward. Get used to it and just go ahead and do it now. But I so get why they didn't. Right, they did it because they don't want to have people demand for a Luke Skywalker television. Exactly. Yeah. Because they don't exactly. want to do that. They want to leave Luke in the movies and just kind of just bring him in. Or but we're going to we're have to see Luke. We're going to have to see him because we have to, as Vance Cope says, we have to see why Gro why Grogu gets killed by Kylo. He doesn't get killed by Kylo. Yes, he does. That no. is my theory. Okay. All right. I, I don't. I don't want to mean to extend. This episode any longer because I know we're late. Our division, but here's the thing <laughs> about Grogu: the the podcast that I mentioned that I listened to about Star Wars, they brought up this point. Disney making so much money off of the Baby Yoda, Grogu, the child. If they were to say, "Oh yeah, well he dies in Luke's Jedi Temple," um, Ben Solo, his rage kills everybody with the helps of the Knights of Ren. You're never going to say that because here's the thing. He is so, he's the new face of Star Wars. Grogu's a new mascot. So it's almost like if they were to say he got killed, it's like if whoever the CEO is now or, or Bob Iger took March Mickey Mouse in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle and just kill it. Because it's, it's like you're killing a mascot. You're never going to. There are people that have said he has done that. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying it's like that. You know, kind of like that. So if you took a classic character like Mickey Mouse and made him in weird animation styles. Oh, wait. Huh. <laughs> but no, but you get what I'm saying. Like, they would never do that because it's it's just too much money to and yeah. say, like, oh, yeah, here you, here you go, little Billy. Oh, by the way, this dude dies. Like, you would now never with the whole head, you know? Yeah, it's not yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost like if they take a beloved ride from Hollywood Studios and shoehorn a Mickey Mouse ride in it. Hey, I like Runaway Railway. I do too. I'm just kidding. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be funny there that for is, a second. I hate to say it, you know, RIP great movie ride, but that is a, that is an upgrade. I'm yeah, sorry. it is. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's my theory. I, I do think that Kylo, that this is this is how ben, that that Luke loves Grogu and what puts Luke over that edge. Yeah, if Ben has to do okay. something that is just so heinous. Okay, so I get your point, but here's the thing: Don't you think that 
the bigger thing is not because he killed Grogu, it's because he basically failed his nephew at a dark moment. He was going to kill his own nephew. If you remember that flashback scene, he was going to oh, kill his own nephew, and he he goes off because he failed. And even I think uh, when Yoda reappears um, later in that movie, he actually says, "You know, we all fail" or something like that. Mm-hmm. Luke left because he failed not only his his um, his nephew, but he also failed Leia, his sister, and Han, his best friend. Well, what is and the biggest just, failure of all time? Is if if his Padawan kills Luke's mentor's son. His mentor's son. What? I still think that, that Grogu is Yoda's kid. Oh, no. He's Yoda not. and Yaddle. No. If they ever say that, I would quit Star Wars. I'd be like, nope. Oh. Here we go. That's where it draws the line. This is it. I'm going to end this. Hang on. They have to explain it somehow. Because he was yeah. not in in Force Awakens, Last Jedi, or Rise. Of course, I, I he couldn't think, exist in the Star Wars universe in anybody's brain until Mandalorian. They have to explain it somehow, though. I think, honestly, he goes back to Mando. He goes back to Din Djarin at some point. But we'll, we'll probably never get to that. Maybe in a book, maybe in a comic book. They might explain that, but I don't think they'll ever do that in the, in the Mandalorian yep. television series. So, real quick before we end this, Episode 5. When Ahsoka is talking about Yoda, mm. did you notice when Grogu looks up at her and she knowingly shakes her head no, and and Yo- and and Grogu looks down? That is I, honestly, dude. This is her saying he's gone. No. He looked, he looked up at her and through their little mental whisper, she said, the test proved that he is not the father. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm not saying that he's the kid, but I'm saying that it somehow Grogu knew about Yoda. Well, yeah, he knew about Yoda. And, sure. and that was him asking, is he alive still? And mm-hmm. her saying no and him looking un- longingly saying, okay, I understand. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, but not that he's the father of Grogu, no. I am your father. We have another one of those. The father I am. Got it on, I did. Mm. Mm. Me and Yaddle. Mm. WandaVision we will talk about now. Yes. No. Question of Virgil has, we must. Okay. Oh, shoot. I don't get it. You got to give me prep time, man. Hang on. Question Virgil has. Choices you will make. Answer. Answer we must. Play it, I will. Here we go. Go me here. Uh, This person has invented more than 800 iconic toys. A short list of some of the toys include the bubble gun, the chattering teeth, the Derringer hat, the game Kerplunk, and Stomper cars. He was born September 25th, 1921. He is currently 99 years old. My question is, what is his name? You'll never guess it in a million years. Well, I was actually oh. going to say Walt Disney, but since he said he's still alive. Yes. Oh, the Google machine has betrayed us. Uh, <laughs> There's no way you just guessed Eddie Goldfarb. But Goldfarb. Yes, Eddie Goldfarb. <laughs> okay. Um, Goldfarb. Aging Mr. Goldfarb. 
So we also have Carrie asks a question. How long do we see the show story running? I know Dave needs answers now, but how long do they draw out some of our questions? Five seasons. I see it five seasons. Maybe yeah, some, three to four more seasons. If you start bolting on, it's going to feel forced, you know, mm-hmm. almost where I think Stranger Things has started to go a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I, I was actually okay with the Book of Fett being season three of Mandalorian because mm-hmm. know, they, they left. I, they left, Go ahead, Adam. Sorry. I was just say I got to know about the the dark saber Mandalorian throne thing. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I was saying. They they left that too much of a cliffhanger to just say, okay, here's the new story of Mandalorian. It would be like, wait a minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I can't imagine though the very first episode of season three, they're all staring off into the distance, and no one say they're all standing there getting their final shot, and then season three starts, and they turn around and be like, so do we engage in combat now, or how do you want to do this? <laughs> That's what Boba Fett's like. I don't need it. Peace. All right. Here you go. I yield. Yeah. <laughs> punch me. All Just right. punch me one time. Boom. Yeah. All right, there. right here. Right here. Right here. All right. So WandaVision. I'm out because, dude, mm. I'm out. I'm washing my hands. You two talk. Wow. All right. I have a rant focused at Dave on WandaVision. Brian, BK, what, what did you think? think i think that there's enough of a backstory there where it makes sense if you do just a little bit of digging if you don't know um but it is so different a different method of storytelling for me that's why i'm, I'm sold for two reasons a is how different it is and b marvel always keeps its promises mm-hmm. i know this is going somewhere and i know mm-hmm. it will make sense so i'm willing to be confused for a while yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like they're putting in a mystery because just like, you know, we've been talking, Dave and I have been talking like, how is Vision still alive? What is this world that she's in? Is it is she captured? Is is this all in her head? We don't know. And that's what the whole se- season is like 10 episodes. The whole 10 episodes, we're going to figure it out. How, why did Wanda end up like in this situation? And we already got a little hint that um, she's being watched by this mm-hmm. uh, organization called Sword, yep. and but we don't know if she did this to herself because of grief uh, from losing Vision, and she's kind of just created her own world, or did she get captured by? I don't think it's Sword. I think it's just like maybe another, or you know, maybe a new of Hydra. They captured Wanda because she's their project, or you know, their science project. And they're trying to maybe extract her powers, or I don't know. We, we, that's what we're all going to figure out. So, so the one thing I, I have read is if you watch an episode two, they walk out and see this person coming out of the, the manhole. She says, no. And then they go back to where they rewind. Basically, it's it's Hamilton's rewind where, where mm-hmm. he, yeah. She's pregnant. So she's creating this reality somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that Sword is trying to figure out, like they can see inside of her head and they're trying to figure it out. And that guy actually found a way to break in. Like he oh. found a way in and she's like, no, you're not coming into this reality mm-hmm. I've created yeah. and backs it up, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, for me, the commercials, I think, um, are one of the I coolest have a things. I did not expect yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. I thought you were watching your hands of this. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Did you see the screen rants thing that I sent you? Mm-hmm. 
Obviously, Adam didn't because I sent it to him too. Um, Where did you send it? I did send right, it, yes. Right before our show. There is a theory out there that the two people, the two spokespersons we see are Wanda's parents, mm -hmm. which I can subscribe to because it's yeah. actually, except Scarlet Witch's dad is supposed to be Magneto in the comments. Yeah, but they they separated X-Men to the current Marvel Cinematic Universe when they put uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, and they also yeah. had him in the X-Men movie. So yeah. you, can, you can say it's a different world. So his dad is not going to be Magneto, and that would make, I don't know, Wanda, you know, Magneto's daughter. But I can get on the fact that, you know, if you look at the commercials and what they're about, the first one is about Stark's, you know, Stark Industries, Stark 2000 toaster, and it has a little flashing light at the bottom of it. And that article that you sent me, Dave, it says that that represents when they were kids and they and Sokovia got bombed and they're sitting there watching a Stark Industries missile, hoping that it never goes off. So that kind of harkens back to that. And then the second one is the watch. If you look at it, it's called a Stroger or whatever the name of the uh, Hydra, Hydra scientist that created them and you can even see i didn't notice i didn't uh connect the name but i did see the hydra logo on the watch so i'm like okay well this is probably when she was with hydra and you know i could kind of see that being her parents that you know she's connecting um yeah. her past experiences with with those uh it's like it's like it's like every commercial is going to be the retelling of her life up until the point that she was at when she went into this right because because even the even the red helicopter with the sword logo on it, it's like everything that has color is a little too real. You know, like the well, bomb the helicopter may have been what rescued her out of there from the bomb. I mean, who knows, right? Because sword got them at some point. But, you know? but it, it, the helicopter, the toy helicopter, is also the same color as Iron Man's armor. Yes, there was yeah. an article that I read about you know the quietness in colors because maybe she's thinking about Tony and yeah. his you know Iron Man armor uh, in that episode. Um, so it, it's just kind of funny if they um, if they keep it going, or if like the next you know episode three this Friday they're not even in there anymore. So now they just throw us off the scent about that being Wanda's parents in the commercial. So it'd be interesting to see what they. I think episode three will also be in color too. Well, there I, are I some that yeah that way yeah. yeah. So well, by the well, way, Mexico corrects me. Magneto is no longer Wanda's dad in the comments. That's been retconned out in the books. Mm, okay. So there we go. Yeah. But um, it would be interesting in episode three. It will be in color because you remember the end of episode two, they kind of just, it, you know, yeah. color just started to wash over them. So, yeah, you're right, Dave. The next episode should be in color, probably what would be in a 70s sitcom, I think, with this one, because I think they did the 50s in episode one and then the 60s, kind of like the 60s in episode two. Yeah. yeah. So, so are we going to see you know, 70s, 80s, and then 90s and 2000s, but then what do they do? Is that, once they hit 2000s, then are they going to say, okay, now we're in real time? I mean, is that how it's going to go? Could. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. 
because if you look at the trailers of all the episodes, they actually do get back into the real world because we see the guy who is coming out of the radio. I can't remember if it's episode one or two. That's one of the FBI agents that was an Ant-Man. I can't remember his name, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's his voice. So that's his character, the guy who plays him. That's his voice coming out there. So obviously, I don't know if he's a part of S.W.O.R.D. or if he's, you know, just trying to get a hold of Wanda because she's trapped in her own reality or whatever that is. So, yeah. Hmm. So are you going to watch episode three now, Dave? Oh, I'll watch it. I will definitely watch it. Um, Van says, yeah, I think so. After the nineties, I think we go back to real life. Okay. So he also says episode three is the seventies Brady bunch. Brady bunch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to watch it because I'm a Marvel guy. I I think that I'm I'm going to, I'll follow it, but I needed a little bit more backstory knowledge. Like with the movies, I didn't know anything about guardians of the galaxy until I really watched the movies, but there was enough about them that I could go in and really figure out what was going on watching the movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out anything what was going on because there was nothing to figure out. Yes. And that's, um, and how, how great, how great is it though, that they're stretching this out and releasing one a week where you have to wait, you can't binge it. Like you have to, I think it's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love it. I hate it. <laughs> this is why Marvel will always be superior to DC. DC just tries mm-hmm. to make a normal movie like it. It's Superman already. You know, Marvel's doing all of this different stuff, man. It's why they're far superior and will continue. Yeah, and they, uh, they've they set the tone and they have this um, a pattern. Or I don't know if what I'm thinking of, but they've they set it to where they tie everything in and WandaVision is supposed to tie in the new Doctor Strange movie that's coming out, I think, like a couple of years. She like her character is in that movie. So we're gonna figure out like the multiverse. So I think this is kind of like Wanda's own multiverse that we're in right now, because um if you she is a, she's supposed to be the most powerful um Avenger. Because if you yeah. if you watch uh Endgame, she could have totally ripped Thanos in half. She was about to until he turned on his ship and they started bombing. So that's why I think you're going to see the power of of Scarlet Witch, of Wanda Maximoff, how powerful she is. And then by the end of uh, the last episode, it's going to lead into whatever the Doctor Strange movie or, you know, how they're going to go forward with like the multiverse and lead into Doctor Strange. And he'll explain everything, I'm sure, in that movie or try to at least. It's just too much hold on and wait for me. <laughs> Patience, young well, I mean, I mean, person. That that the the beekeeper. I was reading something. I'm, I pulled it back up here. Said that the beekeeper may be part of AIM, which was the research and development arm of Hydra, which is a connection to the Shang Chi movie that they that they announced. So there's AOL even like that too. What's that? AOL Instant Messenger. A I M. You've got mail <laughs> from Hydra. Yeah, Van Scope. As a binger, I thought I would hate the week of the release, but the Mandalorian has swayed me back, and now I like the anticipation of getting to talk to others like we used to do. And I, I mean, if if my friends would watch it every week like I want them to, and where we could talk about it every week like we should, um, I would really enjoy that. But only a, a third of my of my friends watch it every week. I think that's a rip at you, Adam. Yeah, that's a rip at you, Adam. I'm sorry, what? Was it? 
I, I thought maybe you would say you're very appreciative of the fact that you at least have a couple of friends that'll watch it in real time with you, but evidently you guys aren't good enough. Yeah, I'm just uh, well, the only person to have a Shut podcast me. with, the only person I have a podcast with to talk about pop culture stuff. <laughs> the guy who just said, I hate this waiting and seeing stuff. I made you wait four months. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're killing me, Smalls. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, all right. So we've been going for an hour. This is the, a long show, BK. Sorry. I got a lot to say. Chris Seagraves, you have friends. Seagraves, <laughs> cut it. <laughs> oh, Go away. Man. Don't be on my screen anymore. <laughs> but hey, uh, to kind of wrap this up, I mean, it's it's going to be a good time jumping back into the Marvel Universe because after WandaVision, it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then we get to finally see the uh, Black Widow movie, and then Loki comes at some later in the day. So it's almost like when we stop at Star Wars, like this is the genius of Disney, stop at Star Wars, so what are we going to do now? Oh, there's a Marvel show on there. I love those movies. Let's just keep our subscription going. So they're piping out content for us to watch, and then I'm excited sure. every every Friday to watch an episode of WandaVision and then whatever else is next. It's it, it's it's a great great thing to be part of, and never really thought ever that Disney would do something like this. So it's a it's a good time to to be a nerd, basically. Oh, um, uh, it has never been easier to be a nerd, and it's never been a better time to be a nerd. Mm-hmm. So nerd. Can, I, this, uh, can can we close with a question? Mm, okay. So there's Disney Plus and all of these other streaming services, Netflix and all of this. Now there's Discovery Plus. <laughs> is it is it getting to the point where is there ever really going to be enough people? Just real quick conversation. Is there ever going to be enough people to completely cut the cord to make this streaming thing viable for other than Disney? I know Disney can cre- continue to create content. But I see Discovery, they're doing things with Food Network, for example, where Restaurant Impossible, they'll only launch new episodes on Discovery Plus. You can't see it on Food Network. So will a cable network have success in that arena or will only the original content creators like Netflix and Disney have success in that? Will people just say, you know what, if I've got to pay extra money to see new episodes of Restaurant Impossible, I'm just not paying it. I just won't watch it. (laughs) Or will people pay for that? What do you guys think? Are we reaching? Are we reaching critical mass with how many five ninety nine a month charges can hit our bank accounts? Oh yeah, oh definitely. Mm -hmm. Which means people are going to get tired of it, and then it will come where now there's a streaming thing that consolidates everything, which is now the new cable company. It'll just be fascinating to see how all of this goes. But that, and can we stop calling everything plus? Yes, (laughs) Walmart plus, Apple TV plus. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's it's the addition to you know their service. That's why they call it a plus. It's and, additional charge, yeah. Yeah, additional charge exactly. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, I have, I don't even have. I just have Disney Plus. I don't do the Hulu and the uh, ESPN Plus. That's when you start getting into you're paying basically the same thing you're paying with your yeah. cable or satellite provider. If you add it all up, like like right, I have Disney, I have Netflix, and Spotify. And I don't want to go any further because it just it just keeps adding on to the charges. But yeah, I can see I can see it happening. Then there'll be a, a revolt, and it'll be like I'm tired of paying for this. Hey, let's go back to regular TV. You know, who knows what's going to yeah. happen? Yeah, well, I mean, we pay for Hulu, and by the time you add on cloud DVR and 
all the other little things, this channel pack and that channel, it ends up being more. You're just not paying the equipment fees, you know? Right. Well, really yeah. yeah, because that's what I do for cable TV up here. We have a spectrum and I have an Apple TV box, but that's just basically to put the spectrum app on and be able to do 4K TV. So yeah. cable companies are starting to do that. They're not giving you the box or the satellite. Even DirecTV is doing it with the streaming service. They're selling the streaming service more than they are their regular have a guy come out there, hook up the satellite, and off he goes sure. kind of thing. So they're starting to get to where, like, eventually it's just going to be an app on our TV, and we could go to, okay, well, here's Netflix. Well, wait, the Spectrum app ties in Netflix, so which app do I go to? That kind of thing. I think that's going to start Yeah, happening. exactly. That's what, that's yeah. what bothers me with Discovery Plus and all those other ones is I have to go to your app now and consciously look for something. Whereas with a Hulu or your Spectrum box, I'm recording it on my DVR. I pull it up. It's there. I don't have to go to 15 different places to pull up the mm -hmm. things that I want. So it'll just be, just be, I just wanted you guys' thoughts. So thank you, yeah. BK. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. See, this is why we had BK on. He's full of good thoughts. <laughs> um, I'm a anyway. smart. He's a smarty. If there are people out there that have other thoughts, Adam, how would they share them with us? Excuse me while I dribble water down my face. They can call 650-UAB-SHOW. Spell it out on your keypad. You'll hear a brief message followed by a beep. beep. Thank you, Dave. And then I leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. Um, every time we get one, we play it. Sometimes in real time. Like, a, uh, Was that last week? That was last we got week. some in real time. Yeah. So even if you're just listening to the show and you don't want to type out the whole comment, leave a voicemail. We'll probably try to find a way to splice it in. But 650-UAB-SHOW. Or you can hit us up on socials, Dave. How do they do that? You can hit us on the Twitters at Not Related Bros. I am at D Adams419. He doesn't have one. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Unrelated at Birth. <laughs> BK's laughing at me. Uh, no, I, don't you have, I don't have a Twitter because every time I commented on something, BK would say, Some people just like to see the world burn. <laughs> 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 or or really give you the uh, Tony Stark eye roll. I love doing that. That was great. <laughs> That's not why, but please continue, Dave. Yes, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Also, Facebook fan group. Just search for the Unrelated at Birth listener group. We are there. Uh, Instagram, Adams 419 Run Tide Run, Unrelated at Birth. Also, if you are so inclined, www.patreon.com backslash Unrelated at Birth. All that fun stuff, $5 a month for the Patreon, only goes back towards the show, puts right back into the pockets of the show, not to grease the pockets of Adam or myself, not even BK. Uh, BK, if people want to follow you on Twitter for good Alabama and video games content, how would they do that? Uh, my Twitter is Dreadnought78. That's my gamer tag, actually, for Xbox. So, um, uh, yeah, that's... How you can get hold of me on Twitter, but also just you know, I try to be on the uh, Unrelated at Birth Facebook uh, page as well as much as I can. I really don't like doing Facebook that much, but um, you can also get me on there too. You probably see me comment on how how stupid Dave is sometimes, but hey, hey. that's just life, you know, it's life. Hey, um, let's end the show on a a, a, a soapbox. Lo love moment. you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Yeah. BK. Mm -hmm. um, the show on a soapbox, you mean a rant? Well, no, I'm going to say something. Mm. Tomorrow is a big day in our country's history. It's Wednesday. Tomorrow <laughs> is inauguration day. There's going to be a lot of people trying to be divisive, 
and trying to say things that aren't great. Let's look past that. Let's look at a world of purple and not a world of red and blue. Let's look at a world of people working together to make this country. I know this is a divisive statement, but I hate to say it. Make the country great. Let's put away the past and look towards the future because only when you can put away the past and work towards the future, can you do something and make something great. I'm going to quote the first great Republican, a house divided upon itself cannot stand. And right now our house is divided upon itself. So we need to be like the Beatles and come together right now. Over me. Anyway, um, and, and with that, I will end it with my quotes of the week. You ready can for I this? Ask a can I ask a question? Yes. When we were talking streaming services, were you like, oh, crap, I don't have a quote, and you were looking it up? <laughs> I actually had a couple of them. <laughs> okay, good. Because you were awfully yeah. quiet. Go ahead. Yep. As Leah said, never be afraid of who you are. Also, and I've lost my spot. Also, a great quote, great one. Yeah, it I really is. Spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. as, as, as Luke said, I lost my spot. <laughs> That's how we're going to win. Not fighting what we hate, saving what we love. Mm. And that was Rose. Mm. And then also, Sherry gave me a perfect way for me to end the show. Treat others the way Chick-fil-A treats you. Adam, take them home. Well, thank you, everybody. It's been our pleasure to provide this podcast today. Does that work? You say it's, our, yes. it's my pleasure, right? Um, so um, thank you, everybody, for giving us some time again. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed geeking out with you guys about Mando and, uh, and WandaVision. This was a good one. So thank you again, everybody. Tomorrow and every other day, be kind to one another. Stay safe out there. Mask up. Do all the things you know you should do. But most of all, be kind to one another, guys, because we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. And we will catch you all next week.